<laughs> Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Do you know what I completely forgot to do during that break? Pull up the Eric Gray cut. That was convenient, huh? I'm sorry. I'll, I'll do. How about this? How about this? I'll do it at 11, uh, 11.20 after the top five stories of the day. Deal. We're, we're not missing anything, are we, today? Brent Venable's uh, presser coming up here in a bit. We can't air it. Roof, we still need to. Oh, Ted Roof. We owe you that at the bottom of the hour. Still Thank need to you. Hear some Ted Roof. Um, I didn't get. Hold on. I've said this a couple of times and then looked on Twitter, but I didn't I didn't get the sense with like three games to go today that there was any pending announcement about permanent captains or anything. I'm saying that slowly as I scroll here. But yeah. I don't I don't know if that's gonna be a thing that they do. Maybe it'll just rotate the rest of the year. I don't know. Nobody has made themselves a permanent captain. Maybe that's what's going on, and that is – or or maybe it's just a situation where this is where he had planned on doing it, so now they'll be announced over the last four games. I don't I don't know. But, oh yeah, what am I saying? Last four games, last three games that are left in the season. But that would seem like really, really late. You know, Baylor – Baylor changes its captains every single week. So maybe it's just something as they've got going, they realize, hey, this is this is better for us in 2022 to just constantly have captains. Because unless BV is going to announce it at his presser today, Josh, I haven't seen anything anywhere. Maybe he does. Maybe he says, hey, over the last three games, here's our captains the rest of the way. Brain Willis, Deshaun White, Marvin Mims. Anton Harrison? Maybe. Danny Stutzman? I, I don't know. I've mentioned a lot of offense. I like guys. permanent captains. Consider me old-fashioned. I do, too. Uh-oh. Breaking news. We do have a pregame sponsor interview. Thank you, T-Row. All right. Are you ready for the top five stories of the day? Are you kidding me? I feel like I kind of threw that upon you. Hour three is brought to you by Moppin Roofing. So, we welcome them on board to the ref. And it's now time to hit the Newcastle Casino Top 5 Stories of the Day. It's time for the Top 5 Stories of the Day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, Newcastle Casino. You would think that I would. This whole show is just like flown by, and I don't have anything ready. Newcastle Casino. Easily located, conveniently located off I-44 and exit 107. Best reels in the Metro. Happy hour Monday through Friday, 3 to 6. I, I wish there was a video. Are we going to get video in studio at some point? They, You know, they used to have that. Oh, it was so uncomfortable to watch. But I, I think now would be great so you all can see my crazy nuances and last second things and us basically pound this bag of Haribo peaches that Josh brought well, us. Well, and actually... You would have been witness to some incredible restraint for two hours with the hair bow peaches. That's right. They sat here in front of me, and I, I did look at them every so often. It's like, hey, what's up? But you made it. Official peach candy rankings. You ready? Hair bow peaches, one. Okay. Loves peaches, two, though they, they could be a 1-1-8 one, one, conversation. Okay. And then everything else. That's it. That's it. We don't really have a diverse – I mean, peach gummies are kind of what they are, right? They're peach gummies. There's not like this diverse world of them. I would kind of like to hear the history of the, the peach gummy. I'm curious how they make the peach Would gummy. you like to do it in lieu of the top five stories? 
I, people are I would, so but much. I don't think anybody else would enjoy that. All right, big story number five. <laughs> number five. Not a good one last night for OU men's basketball as they start the season with a 52-51 loss to Sam Houston State. The Sooners had a 46-34 lead. In fact, um, they were rolling in the second half, but the bottom fell out. Here was Porter Moser at the start of his press conference last night. Yeah. Um, it was a combination of, I, I got to give them credit, they were really physical with our guards. They were denying Grant Sherfield the ball back and uh, took a toll on him. He looked, I mean, you could just see by the end of the game. Um, we didn't go downhill enough. I thought their guards were way more aggressive going downhill than ours. Um, and, um, you know, I think that's an issue, um, you know, with, um, you know, we had 21 turnovers and six assists, and they had 11 offense rebounds. That's 32 possessions in a one-point game. That's 32 possessions in a one-point game. And, um, but, um, you know, I, I'm going to have to watch the tape, but we had numbers of shots. We missed a bunch of layups early, a bunch of layups early, a bunch of threes that were, you know, makeable threes. And, um, you know, I said on Toby's show, radio show this morning, he asked me one thing I want to get better, and I said, I've watched, I watched the last four minutes of every game last year. And it wasn't – there were certain games, yes, we could have made a shot. We could have made a shot to win it in a handful of games. Like even tonight, Tanner's right there. He makes that, we ice it. All right? But that's not what got us beat. What got us beat is our defense the last four minutes. They scored seven of the last eight possessions. Seven of the last eight possessions. You gave them hope. I thought defensively for 33 minutes, we, I mean, even though our offense was um, missing shots, missing layups, I thought our defense was – and that's why we had a 14-point lead. Um, but seven out of eight down the stretch, um, and then uh, we got to get them better. Um, that last transition D, as much as we go over that, um, it's, it's, a, it's a missed shot in a one-possession game. you got to get your guards back. Outlet, we got to stop the ball. We lunged for a rebound, missed it. Now he goes by us, rotate, rotate, up three. And that's, I mean, everything, that's transition D 101 when you're talking about situational, and we've talked about that, and we lunged for the ball, missed it, now they're, now they're, now they're going downhill when you've got you to get back and make a wall. You know, the, the, the missed shot doesn't beat us. The bad transition D beats you. Um, but uh, i gotta have, I got to, you know, i got to look at, you know, we, we had Jacob and Jalen, I like that lineup a lot, but it's not a downhill lineup. So there you go. Boy, he sounds like me talking about the Raiders game. Are you sure Porter Moser and I aren't kindred spirits? Literally, that sounded like me whenever I started getting angry about the Raiders game. It's like, so what, what happened? It's like, well, you know, he had a couple mistakes, and then they decided not to throw the ball. They didn't throw the ball to Devontae Adams in the second half? Tough one for the OU men. Um, nice little plug for T-Row's show in there, huh? Meanwhile, while things weren't necessary, are you looking at final stats from that? Is there anything that's catching your eye? Or Well, just what he said at the end there, that you know the inability defensively in the final four minutes, I was just kind of looking at how it broke down. Got you. Got you. By the way, uh, E-Train, e Eric Slive, did remind me that captains were announced this morning, so I hadn't seen it on my I, – I don't know how I missed it, but uh, it looks like Michael Turk, we're celebrating him punting it into the end zone, uh, McCain Matar. Jalen Redman, Chris Murray, and Billy Bowman. That's good news, I think, that Jalen Redman is a captain because he was hurt and no one was talking about it at the end of the game yesterday, or Saturday. But tough one for the OU men last night as they lose. Nice way to uh, 
celebrate special teams questions. That's right. 105-94, the OU women won last night. Here was uh, Jenny Baranchik. I sent Jenny Baranchik a congratulations coach text. I have not heard back yet. So now I'm in a position where I have to worry if Jenny Baranchek is mad at me the rest of the day. Good times. But here was Coach afterwards. Um, you know what? What a great first half. And honestly, I think some great lessons. Uh, but great basketball for the state of Oklahoma. Obviously, love playing these games. Um, been on the other side of it for a lot of years. So we knew that uh, Oral Roberts would come in. And these are lessons that we're going to learn. we got to start the second half a lot better. Um, but I am really pleased with the balance, and uh, we're going to be a fun team. And, and you can see in that first half that we've gotten a lot better, and we need to extend it through a second half. That's awesome. Hey, we're going to be a fun team. Better get on board. All right, um, since we're on basketball, big story number four. Number four. Uh, a couple of other highlights last night. Kansas survived being without Bill Self somehow. I, I don't know how they did it. But uh, Kansas eventually pulled away last night. McKellar, a lob. Ernest, a slam. Throws down a vicious two-hand slammer. And Kansas goes up 15. How do you feel about calling it a slammer? Thoughts? I don't know if you can do that in today's day and age. I don't know if that's politically correct. Um, Kansas won over Omaha, 89-64. Also last night, Baylor rolled. Loner has it. Feeds Thamba. Outside Cryer. Right corner Bonner. Three-pointer. Perfect. Nothing but net. Didn't sound like John Morris. 117-53. And that's gone. They beat Mississippi Valley State. And future Big 12 member, Gonzaga rolled last night. Going by Timmy. Timmy bounces to Strother. Hangs and hits. What a look from Timmy and what a finish out of Strother. 104-63. Timmy Timmy still plays for Gonzaga? He had 22 last night. I thought the same thing. I thought he was in the NBA. Are we (laughs) sure he's not in the G League and also playing with the the Gonzaga Bulldogs as well? Oh, my goodness. By the way, if you call it Gonzaga, I'm just going to let you – they're called the Zags. Gonzaga. It's the easiest way to remember it. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. That's because – listen, if there is one thing I learned when I went up there a couple years ago, we all know it was much longer than that. But that was one thing that I got called on really quick. 17 years ago when you were broadcasting that game hey, out there? whenever Tiny Gallon was playing for OU. Uh, I don't think any ranked team got beat last night. Looking up, oh, TCU survives Arkansas Pine Bluff, 73-72. Um, just about everyone got rolling, and everyone got it up. I watched the Illinois Eastern Illinois game quite a bit. It was on Fox Sports 1, 87-57. And Tech starts the season with a 73-49 win over Northwestern State. Josh, a lot of teams turning around and playing games again today. So we'll uh, we'll get updates on that throughout the afternoon. Don't look like any ranked teams are. All right, big story number three. Number three. All right, got that basketball stuff taken care of. Let's talk some football, shall we? Last night, uh, complete and total domination from the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Sorry, from the Baltimore Ravens as they roll the New Orleans Saints. Jackson. Well, hand to Drake. He's got a crease. He's to the one. He's to the goal line. Touchdown, Ravens. Kenyon Drake. It's another guy that the Raiders decided they wanted to move on from. Scoring touchdowns for the Ravens. Good times. Where are the Ravens at for you in your mind in terms of legitimate AFC contender, 
legitimate Super Bowl contender. It feels like the AFC is ahead of the NFC right now, but you tell me. I've got the Ravens currently tied for third with the Dolphins, which is a really hard thing to do because of Arnie. <laughs> right, yeah. But I, I've, I think KC's one. I think Buffalo's two. I don't care that they beat them. Um, and then to me, you've got Baltimore and Miami. And somehow the Chargers are still sticking around there at five and three. I don't know how. Where does Philly fit into your overall power rank right now today? Well, I'm going to go back to what Peter King had in the preseason, Josh. So I have them number two behind the New Orleans Saints because apparently the Saints were the greatest roster ever assembled. And that's part of the reason season. last night was so impressive. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if anyone's a close two. I would almost say, because I'm not a believer in the Vikings, I would almost say I'd have Philly 1, Dallas 2. And I think you have to drop the Vikings after that Kirk Cousins dance. Oh, yeah, automatically. They're done. And you're done. Sorry, you're Travis. Done. You're done. You're done. Have you seen that, that gamer that yells at when he's playing Madden? I've got to get that dropped now. It's this little dude, and when he's playing Madden, if a guy's open, he, he's doing, I guess, the Twitch thing, and he just goes, you're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> Touchdown. Yeah, it's, he doesn't even say touchdown. He just says you're, you're done. You're done. <laughs> All right, so if you're looking ahead to this week in the National Football League, um, allow me to take a sneak peek ahead for you on what might be another disastrous Thursday night for Prime. You get Atlanta and Carolina. Oh, my God. <laughs> the NFL Network will have the early game on Sunday, Seattle and Tampa Bay live from Germany. And I haven't seen what they're going to stick us with locally, but I would imagine – with the Dallas Cowboys playing the afternoon game on Fox, we'll get the Cowboys and the Packers. Oh, speaking of that, Mike McCarthy has no time for your questions about when he was with the Green Bay Packers. Just like anything in this league, you have to you have to get ready to to go win. And you know, I have great memories about Green Bay, and you know, I've spent spent a lot of time there. But you know, I mean, I'm, I'm four years removed from from working there. Four years seems like such a small amount of time whenever you're older, but when you're like twelve. 16 years old, it's like four years, like oh. forever. Gosh, what? I'm a freshman. I got four years. Four years ago you were there? You mean last century? <laughs> this is a good one, by the way, from the 918, and I, I actually agree with this. Ravens should be 9-0 and and may finish at 13-3. and Barring Lamar getting hurt, they might end the year with home field. Yeah, they're, right. they're legit. They're really fun, and they're really, sure. really fun to watch. All right, uh, Kendall, I thought Timmy graduated the year OU played them in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's, it's, this is not right. All right. Um, oh, big story number two. Number, number two. two. Oh. Sorry, I just kind of rushed through that. No, that's that's the toxic Rick in me. I did not have that loaded okay, up. Okay, three things for me, and I'll be quick here, that I'm really intrigued by tonight beyond who is the top four. Now, can we come to a consensus on the Plank Show today as to what we think the top four is going to look like tonight. Georgia one. Ohio State. Stays at two. Mm-hmm. Michigan up to three. TCU four. I, yeah, I think that's it. Here's what's interesting to me. Who's five? And in other words, how far does TC or does Tennessee drop? Bro, I think that there is a distinct possibility tonight. That Tennessee is four and TCU is five. Yeah, no, that's not crazy. In fact, I'll take it a step further. I think there's a distinct possibility tonight that TCU is three and Michigan is four. 
But I am intrigued to see what happens to Tennessee because that's a road loss against a four-team playoff squad. And I get it, it's week to week, but if they pop out tonight at, say, three, that old playoff predictor that had their percentage of getting in even better after their loss might be on to something. What about LSU? I think LSU is going to have a rocket ship up their backside. I think LSU is going to be like six tonight. In front of Oregon? I think they're going to be in front of Oregon. I really do. I think you're going to see LSU get all kinds of love here this evening. But So Tennessee, number one, is what I'm most intrigued by. Number two, how do we start treating the Pac-12? Right? Are we – all the things that people said bad about Oklahoma when they wouldn't rank them higher last year is happening right now with USC. So the second thing, how does the committee view USC? Because last week as a one-loss team, they – I'm not going to lie, had them a little bit lower than I even thought. They had them at nine. Could they – could they even drop after that against – I mean, Cal's a terrible football team, and it was a one-score game. And then, speaking of drops, how far is the drop? We mentioned Tennessee, but what do you do with Clemson? They're not a factor anymore, right? But if Clemson, after their loss this week to Notre Dame, if they only fall to like seven or eight, there's a part of me that, that thinks they might still be in this mix too. What happens to Tennessee, what happens to Clemson, and how does the committee treat the Pac-12 teams? Are they the ones that benefit from Alabama's loss, Clemson's loss, and Tennessee's loss? Or is it more the LSUs and the TCUs um, and the Michigans of the world? Gosh, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, Alabama's not going to fall too terribly far either. I think we've all kind of accepted and know that, right? We – we embrace it. All right, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Okay, when we come back, uh, Brent Venables is preparing to meet with the media, and we'll give you a little bit more of Ted Roof from yesterday. I don't think Coach V has started speaking quite yet, so hang with us because when we come back – oh, there he goes, BV time. Brent Venables has just made his way to the podium and has started his press conference. We'll bring any highlights from it coming up here in just a bit, and we'll hear from Ted Roof, who we, uh, Ted Roof, whom we haven't played yet, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. All right, BB is Brent Venables is meeting with the media as we speak. It's eleven twenty-six right here on the ref. Um, John Chin tweeted, guys have been, have had a great perspective, and right now that's as important as it's been all year long. There you go. Have you listened to the Mike McDaniels clip about what he was saying to Jay, uh, Justin Fields on Saturday? Wait, is that right, Justin Fields? Okay. Yeah, Dolphins, Bears. I don't know why I wanted to say Jalen Fields. No, you're right. Where the video caught him saying, stop it. Have you seen this yet? <laughs> no. So Fields runs for a first down, and you just see McDaniels going, stop it. Stop it. Cut that out. Right. So he was asked during his presser, <laughs> he, 
He was asked during his presser about it before we hear from Ted Roof. I thought this was uh, I thought this was pretty fantastic to be honest with you. It, it, it. Here we go. Third quarter, about the five minute sixteen mark. You spoke to uh, Justin Fields on the side. It seemed like you said to him to stop running the ball. Um, did you kind of knew that they, that's what the game plan was for them going into the to the game? Or no, I just wanted them to stop scrambling. And it was pretty irritating because he didn't listen at all. He didn't take the coaching. <laughs> That's great. He's cool, eh? <laughs> I am having a hard time not liking the Dolphins right now with Mike McDaniel. Yeah, he's, he's, pretty he's cool. fun. It doesn't hurt either that he's like Dan Soder's lifelong best friend either. But friend of the show, Dan Soder. That's right. I guess we can add. All right, uh, you want to hear some Ted Roof? Get back on track here. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref. Yes, I'll get the Airy Gray cut. Don't worry. I'll own my mistakes. Uh, Ted Roof was asked about the look back on the tape, right? What did he see from the mistakes, um, and and what was what was kind of his thought on second view? Whether or not it was, what does Merv always say? It's never as bad as you think it is. It's never as good as you think it is. Don't know if that was the case with looking back on the defensive tape this weekend. You know, some of it was uh, a lack of execution, uh, but you know. Um, sometimes they made a play and, uh, and we didn't, and you know, that's, that's what it came down to more. <laughs> you can just tell he's not happy. I mean, listen, Ted Roof has become, I know that this, this natural thing, I've seen it on the air comfort solutions text line. What is Ted Roof got to get fired? Guys, I think BV's calling a lot of the defense. I don't know for cer- for certain, but. If if this happens to be a situation where Ted Roof is gone next year, I, I'm going to be sad. I like the dude. I think he's got a great personality. Uh, and he was asked about fourth downs, right? You know, this is a team now, West Virginia, that doesn't seem to be as courageous with its fourth down opportunities uh, as maybe Baylor or Texas Tech – Baylor was, Texas Tech will be. But Ted Roof was asked about the changing landscape – of college football when it comes to fourth down. Because the game of college football has changed. Uh, everybody's working off the analytics now, and this year is going to set a record for the most fourth down attempts in the history of college football. So that's a point of emphasis every week as far as the mentality of having to have a four-down mindset, not a three-down mindset, and you're off the field. I mean, they went forward on fourth and one from their own 29. So, I mean, that, that's, it wasn't, it's not a surprise. It's not something that we haven't prepared for. It's not something we haven't spent time game planning for as a staff. Uh, it's, you know, everybody's, a lot of the, a lot of coaches now are following the analytics and uh, certainly being aggressive with the fourth down uh, calls and both offensively and defensively. Yeah. It, it is weird, right? I use the softball analogy some. I don't know if it fits or not, but. In college softball, well, in softball in general, pitchers were always, you're going to throw seven innings today, and then you're going to throw seven innings tomorrow, and then you're probably going to throw seven innings the next day. It's just, that's what you did. And, you know, at about 2016-ish, that started to change. You saw, okay, listen, we can have a staff. You know, there's nothing that doesn't say you can have more than one good pitcher. So why don't we have a reliever? Why don't we have a closer? You know, you'll still see they'll ride the horse, right? Um, but 
it's just it's been a different mindset where pitchers have been, hey, when I'm in trouble, I just don't have to sit out here and, and take it. I we can go with the with the lefty out of the pit. It became a little bit more baseball. Coaches have evolved in right. that sense. The game has evolved in that sense. Football's in a lot of the way in a lot of ways that mindset for defenders. You know, third down used to be get a stop here. They ain't going for it on fourth down. Now, you know, they know that yardage number where they're going to go for it before the drive even starts. And that number might be eight. The number might be seven. And it's fourth. And, and, and also add to, Josh, that you used to be in third and eight and you thought, all right, pin our ears back as a defensive line. They're throwing the football. Let's go. Now they might run to get it to third and four, third and three more manageable. Right. It's well, tough. It's a whole new world. Fourth down and four, right? Fourth down and three, it's – that's a go situation. So, yeah, the uh, guessing game is more difficult than ever from that standpoint, sure. Um, like, um, let's see. The focus. Where was the focus on this week? In try- or where is the focus on this week in trying to get better? The, presi- the precision. Um, it, you know, the presi- precision and all the details that go into the, 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 the finite details that – going to being able to execute at a high level you know we were decent on third down we weren't we weren't very good on fourth down uh so that part of it and again to to your point about you know having a, a four down mount mentality but you know also understanding how you play first second and third down affects fourth down too and it, it all goes together it's all it's it's all a, a piece of the pie and it's interwoven so uh that everything we do is is important it's got to be with the precision and extreme detail. And then, how do you deal with West Virginia? What stands out with the Mountaineers? A lot of respect for them. Uh, he th- throws a great deep ball. Um, doesn't get doesn't panic in the pocket, and uh, you know he's done a good job and throws under duress too. He, he hangs in there, trusts his protection, and uh, hangs in there and, and gets rid of the ball. And knowing he's you know, regardless of the situation, type of pressure, no pressure, whatever it is, he's a tough, gutsy competitor. There you go. I personally hate a team like West Virginia. Why? It's the most Jekyll and Hyde thing I've seen of any squad this year. They are so bad on the road. So bad. But when they play at home, it's like they're a different football team. Makes no sense. It's like, do uh, you put them away from West Virginia and they're terrible? You put them in the confines of Morgantown inside Milan Pushkar Stadium and it's like they're unbeatable. It's wild. I mean, basically, we know that they're going to give Oklahoma a good game. Yeah, you're going to get everything you could possibly get from them. Everything you could possibly get from them. So there you go. And Oklahoma's track record this season would indicate that it'll be competitive, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I say that about West Virginia, and, I mean, Oklahoma is just – it's been wildly frustrating to just figure out which team you're going to get from game to game. At the very least, I guess, for a West Virginia fan, you know, you know what, they're on the road today. I don't have to pay attention. They're going to get smoked. But then you're like, oh, they're home? All right, they're going to play a good football game. Nearly beat TCU, right? Um, beat Baylor at home? That's some. I know they lost to Kansas, but that was when Kansas was cooking with Jalen Daniels. This league makes no sense. All right, eleven thirty-five. You want me to own my error when we come back? I think it's about time. All right, we'll do next plank show right here on the ref.
kind of thinking about uh, kind of thinking about making my upset pick for tonight. Kind of thinking about Ball State. Is that tonight or tomorrow? Is, what is tonight? What is today? Today is uh, Tuesday, yeah. right? Yeah. Tuesday. Kind of thinking about Ball State. But then again, I also look at Akron. Now, Akron's 1-8, and eight, but they are at home. You're not following along with the TCU train here? No. I've got to be different. That's the only way I can catch back up here. Yeah. Well, that's true. And also, I think Texas is going to beat TCU by two scores. You do? Yeah. So, as I'm looking up and down at this, I look at some of these – I look at some of these numbers – and I'm like, I'm becoming what Arnie oh, – sorry, Vegas Sooner. My Sunday night co-host Arnie Spanier is becoming because I'm just saying, my gut kind of tells me one of these teams is going to win, right? I just can't decide if it's Ball State on the road against a Toledo team that I know nothing about or a one-win Akron team at home against Eastern Washington. That's that what you I know nothing about. Out. That I know nothing about. All right, did I say Eastern Washington? Eastern Michigan. I know nothing about them except – Max Crosby went to school there three years ago. so, And he's not there now. No, he's uh, not there now. But I'm going to pick one of them as my upset this week. I'm just going to go with – I'm going to go with the hot hand. And what I have found is there are, like, sites that are really – I mean, they give you incredible breakdowns. Winnersandwinners.com. What Winnersandwiners.com. What do they do? Uh, let me read a little bit here. Um, they're talking about Akron losing. All predictions are made well in advance of the game. Blah, blah, blah. Full game side bet, insider status, inactive. There is not a lot to like about Akron, but this is a better spot for here from them than Eastern Michigan. Akron was predicted to finish last. This season, Akron has challenged itself with non-conference losses at Michigan State, Tennessee, and Liberty. They actually are taking the zips at nine and a half. But I wonder if that's like taking I need – who is going to take them on the money line? <laughs> Probably nobody. Um, I think you might be right. <laughs> uh, the Action Network has the rush success um, numbers, pass blocking – their betting pick is to play the under 56 and a half. So. Action Network must get like a bazillion page views each day. Because if you just Google, hey, what's what's the – or if you Google like Akron versus Eastern Michigan. Right. It's always going to be the Action Network. You could – you any game you type in. Right. Mm. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, West Virginia bet pick. Boom, Action Network. Akron's defense is struggling, but Eastern Michigan has not had a lot of success throwing the football. The Zips currently rank 125th in rushing rate this season, but Eastern Michigan's defense has been the worst defending the pass this year. And Akron is one-dimensional. Is this is this your way of telling us that you like bad football? I think it is. I think that might be it. All right, True Zooner. What's going on, True Sooner? How are you? Did I hear you say you, you thought TCU was going to win by two scores? No, Texas. I think Texas is going to win by two scores. I mean, I mean, I mean Texas. I mean, yeah, I think they're going to beat the crap. Oh out man, of them. I I'd like to get a piece of that action. No, you can. I mean, they're like what six point favorites right now. Go to Vegas. Well, I'm talking about with I'm talking about you personally. 
I, I cannot want, bet. I, I, ham sandwich? Or what's going on here? You want to get? You want to? Yeah. You want to? You want to wager the elusive ham sandwich, bro? Listen, I'm gonna tell you something. I like TCU a lot. I think they're a good football team. I think they're the luckiest football team I've ever watched. To, I mean, if the Texas Tech quarterback doesn't get his ankle ankle rolled, Texas Tech is gonna put that game in peril for them. Spencer Sanders comes in hurt, and Oklahoma State forgets how to play football. In the second half. They should have lost to K-State. They should have lost to Kansas State, but they knocked out uh, two quarterbacks. And if Dylan Gabriel doesn't go down, Who then... knows? Right, Oklahoma comes back and wins. Okay, listen, I'm being a little bit facetious. And, and Texas should have lost to, Texas should have lost to uh, Iowa, Iowa State at home. Right, but Texas I is mean, finding its groove. They just ran for eons of yards against one of the best rushing defenses in the league. Listen, don't make me support Texas here. <laughs> but And they're at home, and I just I think they're going to kick the snot out of TCU on Saturday. When's the last time Texas put together two back-to-back good games? This week. Really this, good games. Well, they did do it earlier this year, right, because they lost. So you've got to celebrate that. Hey, you guys are going to be really mad, too, whenever you see Texas start climbing up to, like, 20 tonight in the playoff rankings. Then you're really going to be mad. Uh, I hey, mean, so- in fairness, Texas's three-game winning streak, they did beat the snot out of West Virginia before they shut out OU 49 is it. So. Right. We'll see. Hey, I was going to ask you, Chris, what what your thoughts are, and I this recruiting stuff. I've been I've been watching it for a long time, and I don't get I try not to get too high on the highs and too low on the lows and all that. But these people that are having meltdowns over, you know, Vasic and 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 then you know Hicks two weeks ago. Sure. The thing with I mean I mean it is ray. If you look, just look at the rating points, it is razor thin from three to whoever's three to whoever's number eight. And if you think that Oklahoma, just because they're, they're going to have an eight, and, and, and let, me, let me tell you, you want to have the most five stars. I agree. I mean, you want to have the Alabama guys for sure. But just because they're, they're going to end up with the seventh or eighth best, best class in the, in, the, in the country, hopefully, a top ten class, that doesn't mean they're going to have a six and six season again next year. I mean, these people are melting down. Or the I mean, year after still, that. And yeah, with I mean, Colton Vosick, I mean, does that now give you a better chance at Tassili Akana? You know, what else happens the next couple of months? It was always going to be an uphill battle yeah. for a Texas legacy to begin with. I mean, you might have you might have played great this season, Plank, and been a Big 12 champion and still ultimately not gotten that signature. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, that's, that's a little bit of what uh, – Bargaining, maybe to some degree, right? Sure. Some would say, but let's just – my charge to Oklahoma fans would be this, and you know me, I'm the king of pessimism, right? I am not the lean on the side of optimism <laughs> a lot of times here, but let's see how this next two-month stretch plays out for OU. I would bet you that Oklahoma, even if they have a decommitment here or there, they're going to find somebody else to to plug and play, and it's going to wind up being a pretty good class for the Sooners, so – on that front, yeah, way, I wouldn't totally panic. And by the way, Texas has had some decommitments too. Well, yeah, so, they I lost mean, the every, defensive every, back. Yeah. yeah, everybody does. So I mean, and, and you don't know what they're going to get in the portal. I mean, there it's a whole different ball game now. You could have a, I mean, gosh, you could have a twentieth class, and the portal could get you up to the top ten. I mean, it's it's a whole different world. True, you're, you're you're preaching my language, and I appreciate your phone call. All right, man, take it easy, man. Go Bye. Raiders. Go Raiders. But I don't – I don't – I cannot live in that world of day-to-day wondering what a 17- or 18-year-old guy is going to do with his future 
from a college choice perspective. That's me. Again, not saying there's anything wrong with it. Um, obviously, it supports two major websites with your subscription in Sooner Scoop and OU Insider. People want to know. People want to know. And I'm not here to question that amount of desire to want that knowledge. It's just, it's a world I've, I cover it, I follow it, but I'm not comfortable until signing day. And I know that, and I've never seen reporting around Vasek Vasek like there has been. It's so weird. Well, it looks like there's a possibility that he's going to do this. And I'm like, what? Yeah, have you listened to Parker? He's basically said, hey, it's something that is probably not going to go your way. Are people just now catching up to what Parker's been saying for months? Well, and yesterday he put in the crystal ball flip. There you go. At 11.30. So. I just hasn't happened yet. And then even if he does flip his commitment, I mean, I'm sorry. And I know that Vasek's dad wasn't like as good as Teddy or, or Rocky or anyone was, but if Eddie Lehman was deciding between Texas and Oklahoma and he didn't choose Texas – Pretty sure we'd all be losing our minds. Or didn't choose Oklahoma and chose Texas. I'm pretty sure we'd all be losing our minds. It's almost a miracle that Oklahoma is even in on this. What's that last text? If you like bad football, then you should love the OU defense. Have you heard me talk about it? Um, all right. You you want to hear my my snafu on Saturday? Sure. Yeah. Are you gonna play it right here? Play it right here. You ready? I've teased it enough. All right. Here we go. Man, Dave, I think my favorite run of the day, you were airborne, planted, and still was able to put a cut. I mean, that, that's a really good rush defense that you went up against today, and I mean, you guys were able to have some sex, uh, some success. <laughs> How rewarding was that? You know, it's, it's big. Yeah, I mean, these things happen. I don't – stinks that it happened live on the air, though, right? It wasn't well, like it was tape. taped, too, so – Oh, well, then why didn't they go back and edit it out? Because I didn't tell them. I just – for me, it was like, just go with it. Hey, they had more fun with it. Do you think anyone was really dialed in and wanting to necessarily hear our analysis from the locker room? They needed me, they needed me slipping and doing this. That's a really good rush defense that you went up against today, and I mean, you guys were able to have some sex. Uh, <laughs> some success. How rewarding was that? I wish I wish I had a tape on Eric Gray so you could see his face. <laughs> Poor Eric Gray, man. He said, Wait, whoa. This old man with graying sideburns is asking me if I'm having some sex out there. What is going on with you, fine, sir? Sorry, y'all. I uh, openly and honestly apologize. It was a slip of the tongue. Now, that's a good rush defense, but you guys all had some sex out there. <laughs> success! Success! <laughs> I panicked. Uh, all right, final look at the Air Comfort Solutions text line to wrap up this edition of The Plank Show next. I have really made a mess in here. I'm sorry, Steel Man. I, Is there hair bow peaches? There's, there's peach everywhere. sugar everywhere. I ate that whole bag, by the way. They're pretty good, man. Yeah, I told you that's what would happen. You knew what was going to happen as soon as you gave it to me. I, I figured you'd enjoy it, though. I was thinking of you the other day. Does that make you feel nice? That makes me feel good. That makes me feel good. I was uh, Because you are my friend. This is a fun show. We make it fun every single day. That's the goal. I went to the Big 12 Bowl tie-ins. I was trying to figure out where OU would end up bowl season. And I have my choice as to where I want the Sooners to play, Josh. I want the Sooners to play in the Liberty Bowl so badly. 
just because Memphis is so awesome. And the last time I went, when we go to you fans, was that 2005? Went down there, up there, over there, whatever. Had a blast. And it's drivable, too. So, realistically, go ahead. what needs to happen for Oklahoma to get to the Liberty Win out. Bowl? I think so. Win the next three? Yeah, win the next three. And I don't want to go to the Cheez-It Bowl. Don't want to go to the Alamo Bowl again, right? Um, wouldn't mind the Texas Bowl. They're projecting them right now to the Guaranteed Rate Bowl. Oh, my goodness. Which would be out in Phoenix against a Big Ten member. They had Purdue as the team there. But I've made my official choice. There's also a tie into the First Responder Bowl. What's that? First Responder Bowl <laughs> and the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, which would be fine for me because I think both of those, one's in Fort Worth and one's in Dallas. I'd rather go to the Responder Bowl. <sighs> All right, a couple quick texts, and then we'll get out of here. Sounds like Caleb Kelly solidified my thinking yesterday that the defense hasn't 100% bought in. That's from Sooner Gary. Caleb's take was fantastic. I encourage everyone to check out the huddle. Uh, drops on the Sooner Sports Podcast Thursday morning. You ask why these other coaches are having more success in their first year at new schools? How many of them are first-year head coaches? How much of their staff is first-year coordinators or lead position coaches? I don't think it's fair to compare them to what BV is going through. See, I, I agree, and not many of them have had the roster turnover that he has. But it's going to be a natural comparison. Well, look what Brian Kelly's doing. Look what's – why did I just forget the TCU head coach's name? Sonny Dice. I can't want to call him Skip Holtz for some reason. <laughs> um, OU committed five game-altering mistakes and only lost by three. From the 785, it's so frustrating that we couldn't recruit better on defense when we had the offense and things roll in the past five years. Missed opportunities. Uh, and quickly from the 405, I've got the following rankings for today. Georgia 1, Ohio State 2, Clemson 3, Michigan 4, Tennessee 5. All right, I want to wrap this show up with who I'm going to vote for. So here's how I'm going to vote in today's elections. <laughs> 